0: I um uh, I was just, when I was sitting here hanging out on Skype before you uh, called in, Jeff. I saw that there was like an image of me in our chat. I guess where you were sending me a file of of you know the video chat or whatever or something. Oh yeah. And uh, I looked like like Rob Zombie's cousin, like his <laughs> his reject cousin. Because I had like a tank top and like a beard and like long hair with like a beanie type thing on yeah. and everything. It was just me comfortable, you know, and I didn't think yeah. about it. And now I'm like, I look like Pee Herman. I like you shaved like totally and now. got a, yeah, total, <laughs> I got a haircut and I'm wearing a proper shirt. And so it's just, it's appropriate because it's, it's a night's episode. That's right. So that previous Craig was daytime Craig. The sleek version is Nighttime Craig. Craig Nights. <laughs> and you know what Nighttime Craig came for was uh, a little bit of Fear Street. Yeah. For Half-Ass heist. Nights. Knights. He left- oh, oh! <laughs> So, I, I, I'm assuming you've seen all three, Jeff. Yep. Yes. It was event television for Kia and I. Yeah. If you're familiar with Half-Assed Horrorcast, you'll know that, uh, if you're a long-time listener, you'll know that Kia is a pretty big fan of the Freer Street series.
1: Yeah. I mean, I am, as a kid.
0: That's right. Kia's here, too. <laughs>
1: I didn't know we were actually recording. I thought wait, wait, this is an
0: informal night's minisode, no. so we're just we're just free balling it.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> so yeah, if if you guys are listening and uh, you want to take part in this conversation or you know be filled in, you definitely need to watch all three movies because I, I don't think we'll have the time to literally give a synopsis of all three movies. I mean, it's. It's a lot of material. It's basically like talking about an entire season of a TV show or something like that. So, we're gonna be talking more about our feelings about the movie and our favorite bits, and maybe our not so favorite bits, that sort of thing. In my opinion, that's what we should do. By the way, I'm not saying if you guys wanna control the flow of the conversation, I'm more than happy to take a back seat. Back seat, (laughs) Craggy. I did. I did have a question. I had a question for you guys to to, to kick us off. Okay. Uh, This is the first movie is uh, Fear Street 1994, and it takes place obviously in 1994 in high school. And I was just kind of curious because we're uh, in the same wheelhouse of the same age as the main characters. Um, What was your high school experience like? What would you consider yourself if you had to label yourself? In
1: 1994? Yeah. I was twelve, so
0: in, in, in the wheelhouse <laughs> you know if you it, jump jump a year or two and
1: um, what was a high school experience yeah I mean you... it was it was it was fine, I mean, I think before I went to high school, I saw clueless, so I thought high school was gonna be like that like parties all the time, mm. but I didn't even live remotely close to my high school, so I did not do like high school parties or anything like that, yeah, I mean, I liked it. It was, I mean, I'm sure at the time I was miserable like every teenager.
0: Yeah, every kid feels miserable. But in hindsight,
1: no, I I had good high schools. They were very diverse, and um, everyone got along. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I liked it.
0: In hindsight, I liked it. Were you reading Fear Street around that time? I don't
1: think, I think by high school I had graduated to, like, adult books. So I think I did Fear Street more maybe, like, 11, 12. Hmm. Like, I, gra- I graduated from Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High to Fair Street, and then at some point... The first adult book I remember reading was, like, a Dean Koontz book. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: How about you, Jeff?
2: Well, my high school experience was exactly like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, actually, it... it uh, Watching this, the, at least the first movie for sure, definitely uh, made me feel nostalgic. Like, it, I think it was meant to <laughs> for mm. people our age, and it totally worked on me. Um, but I was, um, I, I've, I've, I don't know, I was kind of nerdy, but I, I also, like, wanted to be cool, so I was, like, grew my hair long and uh, hung out with the skater kids and stuff. I started hanging out with Craig. Made me super cool.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) Craig, can you... (laughs) Speaking of high school, could you...
0: (laughs) Oh, no. She's going (laughs) to bring (laughs) up something embarrassing.
1: You should tell a story (laughs) about when you showed up (laughs) with your socks.
0: (laughs) Oh, Jeff, you might know that. Um, uh, So this would be roughly 1994 when I was, like, super into Pearl Jam and everything. Maybe a little bit younger.
2: Oh, I and, do know this uh, story. I think you
0: told yeah. this before on here. Oh, see, i probably oh. already told it on my oh, podcast. Oh, Okay. Anyway, I tried to look like Eddie Vedder. I wore uh, <laughs> cut-off jeans with uh, tube socks, which I don't even know if Eddie Vedder really does that at any point, but in my mind's eye, that's what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I uh, showed up to a sleepover looking like that. And right before I got out of the car, my mom literally told me, like, your friends are going to make fun of you. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> And I was like, you just don't get it, you know, and I I just, uh, (laughs) I went to the house.
1: Craig spoken.
0: Yeah, I was like, I'll be fine, mom. You just don't, you don't understand. You're like in your 40s, what do you know? And, uh, and I walked into the house and they immediately, like, (laughs) I didn't even enter the threshold all the way. Like, I was still kind of on the porch and like, everyone was at the door. I was the last one there, I guess. And there were five or six guys there and they all started just like. Dying, laughing. I mean, like falling on the floor, <laughs> laughing at me, pointing at me, and my mom. I know she saw it as she drove away. She could see that reaction. She probably saw a little just bits of her it. Head. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was gosh. right. She was right. That's hilarious. Yeah. I told you so. Oh. Um, wow. And despite that story, I I, I was pretty <clears throat> invisible in high school. I feel like I like if I went to a high school reunion, I'm pretty sure there would be like five people that would know me. Like, truly know me. I mean, there would be other people that would be like, I remember that guy. But, you know, there wouldn't be anyone. Yeah, I think,
1: I I feel like the same. Like, my high school experience wasn't so great that I'm like, I cannot wait to go to my high school reunion. It's like, I haven't been to a high school reunion. I'm not planning to go to a high school reunion. If I still wanted to talk to you, I would be talking to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wasn't popular, but I wasn't like an outcast. I just kind of knew a little bit of everybody. But I didn't really hang out with anyone outside of school because my school, again, was so far away from my high school. So,
0: Keo was a poser.
1: Poser? Got along with a poser. everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't, no, one really cool, probably pretty 90s thing was I had two really close friends, Sharin and Araceli, and we had a diary, and between classes we would exchange the diary and we would each write something about their day or something that happened. And then I would see Sharon and I give her the diary and she would read it and then she'd write something and give it. I thought that was pretty cool. That is So cool. we kind of communicated because we weren't all in classes together. So, and we bought, we bought each other presents for every single holiday, like Valentine's mm. day. So i would be walking around with a bunch of balloons or she would, and it's all just from friends. So yeah those are my two best friends in high school
0: the the di- the shared diary is an interesting idea yeah. that that would be cool in a early 90s late 80s type of thing because i feel like this movie in particular i mean the fear street 1994 it tried to incorporate technology like big time that i feel like wasn't in full swing i mean the josh character was kind of a nerd and it shows him like chatting on aol and that sort of thing and in '94, yeah. granted, I was in the sticks. I mean, I, I was in rural Tennessee, so for me, the, the internet was way off. I mean, it felt like a very, you know, elitist thing for me. Um, so I can't imagine being on online in 1994, but um, it seemed really uh, false to me. It rang a little false, but
2: yeah, I feel like uh, they kind of got their timing wrong on a lot of stuff on there because, like, I've had that conversation with a few people, but you know, who had seen the the first movie, and they were like, I'm pretty sure that, like, AOL Instant Messenger was not around yet in 1994, like, at least not in the way that it showed uh, in the movie, because I remember having a friend in, like, 1995 who had the internet at his house, (laughs) and he would have to, like, Mm -hmm. boot his computer up, like, with
1: DOS, you know?
0: Oh, right, right.
2: Uh, You know, Windows 95 was, like, not even out yet when this movie takes place, you know?
1: Wikipedia says AIM or Instant Messenger debuted in 97. And yeah. yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember Instant Messenger, messenger until college, honestly. And mm-hmm. so when I was on AOL, it was like chat rooms and and, and message boards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I yeah. mean, I guess
0: I guess that was a version of what he was doing to, I, I mean, I don't mean to be overly critical. I wasn't, um, yeah, that well.
1: wasn't in 1994. For me, it might have been more like 95, 96, mm-hmm. maybe for like chat rooms and message boards and things like that.
2: Yeah, and he could have been using some kind of messaging program that uh, wasn't supposed to be AOL Instant Messenger, but, like, I still feel like that was still a little too new. Or, like, um, because, like I said, I had, like, one friend who had a computer when Mm -hmm. I was, like, a sophomore in high school. So Uh, I'd go to his house, and we would, like, download pictures that took, like, three days to to (laughs) open, you know.
1: And if it did exist, it was probably for, like, businesses, not the average person. Right. Not the average consumer.
0: I do think they were trying to make Josh out to be sort of, like, Revenge of the Nerds-esque. Like, he was a pretty hardcore tech guy and, you know, into, like, nerd culture and stuff like that. So maybe they were trying to make a point with his character. Because I don't really remember other characters kind of crossing over in terms... Until the end, uh, spoiler, there's like a love interest that kinda gets introduced at the very last second that she's like, I'm so and so that you talk to sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise there's not really any mention of the internet from anyone else. So it kinda oh. seems like his little corner of the world.
1: The girl at the end, was that supposed to be the girl he was talking to at the beginning? I think so. Oh, I think that okay. was
0: the implication. But. Just
1: got that.
2: And I think a lot of these like timing inconsistencies would have been could have been like, you know, overlooked easier if it had been Fear Street 1997 as opposed to 1994. Because we've talked, you know, off of Mike uh, about the, the years that a lot of the songs from the soundtrack came out. Mm. Because seeing it sound like, I, I clearly remember 1994 because that was when I started high school. <clears throat> and I was, like, very into, you know, popular music at the time. And so I remember when a lot of these songs came out and there were songs in the soundtrack where I was like, mm, I was a junior in high school and that song came out. There is no right. way that they had that in 1994. Know, there's like a scene where the, the kid's playing video games and he's listening to more human than human and he's like singing along with it. And I was like, this is the coolest nerd in school. Like he got an advanced copy of White Zombies album <laughs> and he had already re- memorized all the lyrics. It's
0: pretty is, was that Was that Josh that was listening to it? Cause i think so
2: he was like the internet guy
0: yeah he, maybe he hacked into rob zombie's <laughs> files maybe. and you know rob zombie didn't even
2: realize you could do that back then he was like hey, <laughs> this
0: guy's me." I, I mean I, I, don't, I don't think obviously this is like excuse me this is like 90s the greatest hits right I, I don't really think the filmmaker uh the writer director that she was super worried about it honestly like yeah. uh I, I do think it's a little, it's a valid criticism though, just because they advertised it in the, in terms of 1994. Like yeah. it's like a solid date. And you know, I think you kind of, like people our age that are drawn to it, do kind of want there to be a little bit more fidelity to that, um, but yeah, I mean like outside of our age range, I mean, give or take three years probably even, It <laughs> you know, it's probably lost on- Do they yeah. play
1: an Nirvana the- song in there?
0: I don't think Nirvana made the
1: cut. That's pretty. Yeah, no, there was, was one Nirvana song. Oh, was never there? mind.
0: Well, <laughs> they did like, uh, <laughs> uh, the <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bowie. Oh yeah, the yeah. Bowie uh, cover. Not that they, I
1: don't. Oh, sorry.
0: Well, they bookended it with the Nirvana cover and then J- the actual Bowie, the Man Who Sold the World. Yeah, yeah closes yeah, out 70, seventy-eight.
1: Yeah. yeah. Not that I don't like Nirvana, and I understand. Obviously they are very representative of the 90s, but it would be cool if there's a movie that took place in the 90s that didn't have a Nirvana song. It's like there are other bands. Yeah, but <laughs> there're a like, lot of other bands. That's like making
0: a 60s movie and not including the Beatles. But
1: no, you're catering <laughs> to to people that didn't live back then, and so you True. have to play the songs that they know, and everyone knows Nirvana. Mm. You, you well, know, so To be
2: fair, Nirvana was extremely popular
0: back then. <laughs> yeah, they're
1: no, I get that, but I mean there's just there's just other it just reeks of let me google the top songs of the 90s.
0: I think there's a little bit of that going on in this And then movie, it's like the same sure.
1: stuff all the time.
0: Um, well
2: I mean if you're going to make a movie about the 90s, you would put the most popular songs that are that were out at the time, right? Like
1: We Not you don't have to though.
0: I think uh
1: I mean especially this kid is a nerd, right? Like why would he not be listening to I don't know
0: Something a little bit more obscure it should have been weird owl like weird owl nineties <laughs> it should have been uh the weird owl smells like teen spirit <laughs> oh, Yeah, it
2: smells like nirvana
0: <laughs> he, literally Josh would have been yeah. listening to something like that probably before that's uh, uh, the Rob zombie stuff um
2: but my uh my criticism of the uh you know just the years that the songs came out that's me just being like nitpicky and trying to be funny too like I don't i w- it didn't uh It wasn't something that, like, bothered me. Like, none of the music in the the movies, like, where I was just like, how dare they? I can't believe you would screw this up. It was just sort of like, oh, that's funny. That song wasn't even out yet.
0: (laughs) Well, it was one of those things where, you know, Kia was pretty excited for for these to come out. And when 1994 was playing, in the first 30 minutes or so, I was, like, kind of doing the thing where I bit my tongue because, you know, I wanted her to enjoy it, and I didn't want to be, like, a naysayer because, like, they use so much music in that first 20 to 30 minutes mm-hmm. that it, it did bug me a little bit. No, it bugged it me too. Yeah. D- just yeah. the volume of it, just how many, it was just like hit after hit, just, hit after hit. Was... And I was like, you're not even giving a chance for people to talk or like <laughs> for anything to happen. You're just, it's like a big music video or something and, and it's yeah. kind of telling you how to feel and... and uh, like, I just felt like it was doing a, too much heavy lifting It was like, sometimes. in case you
1: forgot, we're in the 90s. Yeah. And it was like, there's other ways to kind of get that across, too. But,
0: and that's how I feel about it. But, I mean, I saw so many people online that were like, that was their favorite bit <laughs> was all, this, all the music. You know what I mean? But, like, eventually Kia even, you know, about... Twenty-five minutes in, you were like, "Man, they're really." I
1: was like, "That's a lot of music. They're really
0: cranking these <laughs> out, love, you know." And I was like, "Finally, okay, I, I can love, like at least kind of express a little bit."
1: I love songs in 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 movies, especially when it's coupled with a really awesome scene. But they were just like on the bus, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay, that's another song. That's another." And It was just, it was a bit much, for and it was just it all came so fast, and then it kind of died down, mm-hmm. and then they came back with what I think was the most silliest placement of a song even though i like the song and that was fire starter because i was like they literally just like we get it they're setting a fire
0: yeah ca- ca- <laughs> okay characters are, are like going to start a fire so they play four <laughs> seconds of fire starter that's that's what was inexplicable to me it was like they they did they just played it so briefly and i was like why why'd you even do that like why did you even feel the need to drop in you know, several seconds of a song, just enough for them to say fire start up. Like, you know, and then it just stopped, you know? And right. i was like, why did they do that? Why they got, the, I, they paid somebody rights for that. You know, just, I don't know. This is weird, but
2: none I, of that <laughs> bothered me whatsoever. In fact, I
0: really liked it.
2: And the, uh, uh, part of what I liked about it, like, I didn't even notice like the on the nose stuff until you mentioned it. Mm. And then it, then it became like, I was like, are they winking at the audience? Like, mm. uh, Part of what I, the appeal to these movies to me was kind of like the cheesy aspect of it, and so stuff like that, like where, uh, <laughs> like where they're fighting at the end and they start playing "The Day I Tried to Live," where she's like fighting the zombie <laughs> girl off, right, uh, right, uh, and then like at the end of the last one where they're playing um, that Offspring song, like "Come Out and Play," where they, oh uh, <laughs> right right, <laughs> huh. it was just. Yeah. Like every time they would play something it would make me laugh. I'm like, oh man Just and I, I don't even think I would have noticed it if you hadn't pointed it out. And then it became like a, a funny thing to me, like like don't they do it again. Like
1: I, I did like the yeah. offspring song. I do like that song. Um but what I my favorite musical cue was in the third one when they played Mo Murda by Bone Thugs and Harmony, because that is a song one I would never thought I would have heard in a movie. That was 94 cuz that was the East 1999 Eternal album and I remember that was really big cuz everyone was like making copies of the tapes and mm. exchanging them. And when I heard that, Craig can attest to this, I was like, "Holy, that was it like blew your mind. to yeah. me that was like hearing um I got 5 on it by the Loonies and um us. Us. I was mm. like, "What? This isn't a movie?"
0: Mm.
1: It was just I just thought that was Amazing. Maybe
0: that's kind of what you mean with the whole, like, how they're taking the greatest hits. Maybe they could have weaved in just a few more, like, kind of... Yeah, uh, that that people
1: that were alive back then would be like, holy shit, but not people that that were born 20 years later would be like, I know that. Do you know what I mean? So that's, yeah. That's all. I got really excited about that. I just (laughs) love that song.
0: It was just really cool. Um, I do think my favorite part of 1994 was... You know the last act th- this whole the whole movie felt kind of safe to me like it felt like none of the major characters were going to get injured or hurt or killed obviously and then there's just a moment where several or at least two or three of the yeah. main teenagers get killed in a row and it's like really graphically like a uh, one girl's head goes through a bread cutter <laughs> or bread slicer rather yeah. and then and uh, another kid gets axed in the face um and they're just very graphic, and I loved that. I thought I thought that was like a really cool moment because again, I was like, this is basically goosebumps with a little bit of sex, and uh, like I was kind of not feeling it. Um, but but yeah, that, that moment really was a turn for me, where I was kind of more like I was feeling it a lot more after that.
2: Yeah, the way I've described the, these movies to people is that it's uh, it's R rated. Are you afraid of the dark? So it's
0: mm.
2: so uh, yeah, it's like. It's like Are You Afraid of the Dark, but it's like super like gory and graphic, with a lot of like cussing. Um, but yeah, the like the bread slicer kill in particular, I
0: was like, oh my god, I couldn't believe they did it. I was really impressed with it. Yeah. It looked cool and it was very brutal, especially
1: to a female character. Yeah, it
0: happened to a woman. Yeah, because usually
1: that seems like it would be a character for a guy. Yeah. So,
0: and it would be like played a little bit more for laughs, even though I mean it was kind of comical because it was so over the top yeah. that it became. Yeah.
1: I've never seen it before.
0: Yeah, it was it was a cool inventive kill. <laughs> and apparently, I read uh, that the director she insisted okay. she wanted the bread slicer, and like the prop department was like, "It that would never. It, it slices bread. It's not gonna slice someone's <laughs> head open." And uh, she was like, "Bring a watermelon. Bring a watermelon. You know." And, and they did, and it worked on a watermelon. And they're like, "That's close enough. Like that. That. <laughs> you know. Like everyone was like pleased enough with that." With those results. So once she again. She also could have so, just
2: said like, this is just a movie. This yeah. isn't reality.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's like, once again, none of this makes sense, but right. people are going to focus on this one thing that has to be realistic.
0: I, mean, I have a tendency to be a killjoy. And I didn't even think about that. I, like no, when it I thought, happened, I thought it was great. I didn't even question it. I thought so. it would
1: totally slice open a head. Um,
0: her <laughs> oh. name is the director writer is Lee Janiak. I don't know if I'm spelling right. spelling, huh. pronouncing her name, right. Um, But she's roughly our age, too, so she's, like, someone supposedly – maybe that's why – I mean, she wrote most of it, so.
1: I have a question, not about the movies, but about the books Fear Street. Were y'all aware of Fear Street when you were younger? Not that you read them, but did you see anyone read them or know about them?
2: I'd seen – I knew the name Fear Street, but I'd never – I didn't know much about it. I knew they were just sort of, like, kind of teen horror
0: books,
1: but Mm -hmm. I I
2: didn't know the story or anything.
0: I, I didn't read anything above a Fantastic Four comic book until I was like 22 <laughs> years old. So,
1: so the first time I, you heard of Fear Street was me.
0: For me, literally, really? yeah, that's that's the only time I had ever heard of it.
1: Yeah, him. No.
2: Is but, the are the books as like graphic and uh, violent and stuff as the the movies were?
1: Not that I remember, because the books mostly were just random people that for whatever reason just decided to kill people Hmm. so they weren't being killed by like demons unless there were later books that i didn't read i didn't i definitely did not read all of them
0: there's quite a few right there's like there's a lot
1: yeah um and there's different offshoots of them i just read the fear street ones um
0: so it was mostly like kind of slashers that sort of thing pretty much slashers
1: it might have been like a group of ki- a group of friends, and one of the friends turns out to be a killer. Mm. That type of thing. Um,
0: That's interesting that they went so supernatural with these three movies. Then it's it's like way off what well, you're, what you're describing.
1: Yeah, I think there is a trilogy that talks about the history of it, which gets into the good family and the fear family. Um, but I, I honestly do not remember that, like the stories. Um,
0: that's actually uh, my biggest criticism of the whole thing was that it's called Fear Street because yeah. there's never a Fear Street in this entire movie. Like there they never is. want what? Yeah, there's you a schooled, sign that says you Fear me. Street. <laughs> what, did they like pass it on the bus or something? Like
2: they, they show it in the last movie. They pan across and it's but it's spelled F I E R, but it's Fear Street because it's named after Sarah Fear.
0: Well, that's good. The, At least they they featured it. But I mean, yeah. like I feel like it should have been somewhat. Integrate like more than just a like wink at the camera type. In you know what I mean, like. uh But you schooled me, It's in it?
2: <laughs> well, now you now you can uh, sleep easy. You know. I know I mean? it was <laughs> keeping me up
0: at night. It's true.
2: <laughs> You're like, how could they call it this? Speaking of kind of the cheesiness, the there was. There's a line in it in the last movie that was so like out of context if you heard the line you would just be like you just roll your eyes but like in the con- like watching the movie it made me laugh cuz I was like oh my god that just sums up this entire trilogy basically <laughs> and this is kind of a spoiler so uh I'm going to say this you can hit your 15 second thing if you want uh but the the girl in the movie is like good is evil
0: Um. (laughs) (laughs) you're right though maybe that is maybe you know watching these i i I watched them maybe a little too (laughs) cynical after that music introduction and and maybe i didn't get into the spirit of it that maybe it was a little tongue-in-cheek and you Mm. you know that that dialogue maybe was purposefully a a little bit funny or or whatever right good as evil yeah maybe maybe i'm just being
2: like too forgiving of it but like the and i you know i i i used to watch are you afraid of the dark when i was a kid and like i watched it again when i was in my 30s and i sort of like the appeal of it to me is a little bit of like the the hokey cheesiness of it sure it's so a line like good is evil is just kind of just made me laugh <laughs> and i was like that's kind of the whole uh idea of this whole trilogy is like you know The people you think are the good guys are really the evil ones, and the people you think are like, you know, like the the evil witches and stuff are actually Mm -hmm. not so bad, you know. Uh, And also, it it literally means like the other thing. I don't know. I don't want to. Maybe I shouldn't spoil too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, What did you guys think of the first kill in the first movie?
0: Oh, the opening scene that's kind of like a scream esque type of. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, she's working. She's working at B. Dalton's, which Craig didn't know that was a real store, Mm. and that was one of my favorite stores in the mall, because that's where I would buy my Fear Street books, and obviously, they show a Fear Street book, but I don't think they have the actual, it doesn't say Fear Street on it, it just says the wrong number, which is the name of the book, Mm. so...
0: Yeah, that was another one of my gripes that that I got schooled on. Because I was like, oh, it's Fear Street, but the Fear Street books exist in the same universe? That doesn't even make any sense. And then Kia was like, calmly, she was like, it wasn't, they weren't really called Fear Street. It was just a wink and a nod. You're an idiot. people
1: like me that were like, oh, I got, yeah.
0: And and finally, I could go back to sleep. Because I woke up, it was like three in the morning, I shook her awake.
1: Kia, I just Um, can't get over this. (laughs) But, like, the first kill, which I thought was cool. I mean, it was definitely the Drew Barrymore scream almost exactly. Yeah. It's almost, um, like,
0: bordering over homage. And it was a bit, yeah. It, she almost should have been popping popcorn and been like, oh. Huh? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Um, but it was, it, was a, it was cool because I thought she was going to be a main character. So they, they did. It worked. Yeah. They, they pulled off the scream trick. Brilliantly. Spoiler for those who haven't seen Scream. Ooh. But um, yeah, because I thought that actress um, was going to be in the a whole thing. Part, yeah. do, you, do you know who she is, Jeff? Uh,
2: no. Oh.
1: Well, her name is Maya Hawk. She's Ethan Hawke's and Uma Thurman's daughter. She's on uh, oh. Stranger Things. And she's on Stranger oh, okay. Things. Yeah, and she's did you in ever
2: Tarantino movie, the Once yeah. Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you watch The Good Lord Bird by any chance with Ethan Hawk? Nope. Oh, that was it. Was really good. She was in that too. Um. Oh. Uh,
0: that reminds me, real quick, by the way, the lead actor in these movies, the um, uh, Dina was the character name. The mm. the actress Kiana. Oh Lord, Madaria. Uh. <laughs> uh, anyway, she's almost thirty years old. Because I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was kind of curious. I was like, how how you know how old are these people? and yeah she's uh 29 maybe she was a little bit younger when they filmed it obviously but yeah she's all pushing 30 and i never would have guessed that and i thought she definitely yeah. you know, She like
1: she was 17. Yeah. <laughs> i bought it me too uh
0: what, what was everyone's favorite of that's, the three
1: that's what i was gonna ask i liked the um i liked the 70s one mm-hmm. just because i like the 90s it took a while to get going mm-hmm. um but I, I, I liked it. But I, I just like movies that take place at camps. I don't know. It's just I never went your to camp, for that a so yeah. yeah. It looks like it's a miserable experience. But um, <laughs> yeah, I liked. I liked the, I'm partial to the second one.
0: And apparently, that was shot partially where they shot Friday the Fourteenth. Uh, excuse me, Friday the Thirteenth, oh. Part Four. So they there's a little bit of overlap. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: How about you, Jeff? Which one was your favorite?
2: I have to agree. I think the second one was my favorite. It was it was like a slower burn than the first one. Like it, it uh, the first one sort of seemed like right out of the gate. There's some action. Somebody gets killed, and but with this one, it it took a little while for it to pick up. But I I enjoyed the second one more, I think. And uh, I guess- the second one also had my favorite line in the whole series. <laughs> which, was? which was that girl. She was like, shut the fuck up nerd. (laughs) Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Jeff literally sent me like a a little portion of that. Like he just sent it to me like, we can't stop laughing at this. you know?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had some uh, friends over that night. It was just like a, you know, a last minute thing. I texted my buddy and was like, Hey, you want to come over and watch this movie tonight? He was like, yeah. And then another buddy texted me. He's like, Hey, I'm in town. I was like, well, come over. We're watching this movie. And got to that part. And, uh, we all started laughing. We're like, and my buddy was like, dude, rewind that. I want to hear that again. And we rewound it like <laughs> five or six times and I recorded it on my phone and then I sent it to Craig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, that, that had a, uh, another, um, what do you call it, out of time element hmm. um, because uh, they were drinking juice, juice boxes and those weren't oh. invented until 1980.
1: Oh. Juice he, boxes? Yeah,
0: he was offering people, now would you is, like a juice box? Now or that's whatever. messed up. That's yeah. a huge faux pas. Yeah. <laughs> I have a patent on
1: them. <laughs> how, how did you know juice boxes? Did you look up juice boxes? I
0: did. I, I think someone online mentioned, like, they were just talking about all the things that were irritating them about it, and that was one. was it? it Apparently, like someone was watching it with their parents, and they were like, "I know you guys didn't have juice boxes until 1980." You know, like it was like a big
1: what point. did people What did they drink out of at camps in the 70s? Probably just, just like soda cans. Like
0: yeah, like YooHoo <laughs> bottles and stuff like that. They Good just, point. Yeah, wasn't a big deal. They didn't think about it. I I also like the 70s one the most. I was I'm surprised. I thought you guys would like the 90s one. Uh, it was a close more. second for me. I like the yeah.
1: I like the 90s one a lot. I like the. The third one, I also really liked, Mm. just because I like um, things that take place, like Like period pieces. Period pieces. And yeah, the 90s is a a period piece, this is true, but I like it when it's a a period of time that I did not exist in, so I could kind of, it's like going back to time and experiencing something you didn't experience, so that's why I like the 70s one and the, the third one.
2: Yeah, the third one also had like the most kind of. It was the one, like gory thing in the whole trilogy that made me kind of cringe and go like, "Oh my gosh!" Like the rest of them almost seemed so over the top that they were. It didn't. They it didn't seem real. You know. I mean, it, it looked good, but like, mm. but that scene where she, uh, she gets her hand like half cut off and then like oh, torn right. the rest of the way off, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, my that was
0: pretty God. rough." Like, it was... Yeah. <laughs>
2: That was hard to watch. And she sold it too. Like I I it I believed her when she was screaming in pain. So
0: there there were a couple of uh things uh that did kind of bug me about the overall story. Um and again, I don't think they were super concerned about this stuff and but um like in the nineties, uh our heroes discovered that there was a survivor of the camp massacre or whatever in the seventies and that leads them down this, you know, story route or whatever. Because um, they're like, oh, this one survivor, how did she survive or whatever? Um, but she's not the only survivor. Because at the end, the sheriff as a young man was a camp counselor and he survived the massacre as well. So it's just kind of odd that like, you know, they zeroed in on her as the only survivor. But there was another person that lived, you know, and this mm-hmm. seems kind of like a weird beat. like.
1: But maybe they didn't know about him
0: yeah I mean I guess so maybe he was powerful enough at some point to cover that up maybe like he didn't want to be known associated with it so maybe he used his political power in his later years you know his family's power or whatever to kind of erase it from history or something I don't know
1: and I guess they meant survive also maybe in the sense because she was actually attacked yeah like she actually survived and attack.
2: Yeah, like the, like the evil entities were after her, but they weren't after Sheriff Good or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like that wasn't reported on in the sources that they read.
1: What? Well, so duh, it's a big you, secret.
0: You guys have been schooling me all <laughs> night, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reject those hypotheses.
1: Are they... Oh, okay, okay.
2: It does seem strange, though, that they would talk to her and she would be like, and Sheriff Good was there, but he, you know, when we were in camp... Uh, and they're like, wait, Sheriff Good? Like, yeah, that would have made wait, sense. We should go talk to him, too, and see what he
1: knows. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. That Okay, that part, that makes yeah. sense.
0: Actually, would have been kind of a cool reveal, too, in a way, like, if they didn't quite show us everything in the 70s version, and you think maybe he is potentially a hero, and they have a turn where it's like, they go to consult him, and he's like, yeah, I got some advice about that, like, pulls out a shotgun, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I guess they kind of did that in the '60s. I mean, the um, 1666. Obviously, they they went that route. So it'd be a little repetitive to do it over and over. So. What was your
1: favorite
0: one? I, you s- I said the '70s. The 70s. also. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the '70s. It had so many like. The feel of it, obviously, it made me think of Sleepaway Camp, and obviously the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I think the '70s is a really cool era for horror, and I also really love that they mercilessly killed preteens. I thought that was hilarious, (laughs) and like I was so happy when they started doing it because I kind of thought again that it would happen off-screen or maybe not at all. Maybe there'd be like a bus full of them; they would escape, you know, before the real shit went down. So I really appreciated that they were just like, no, they they, they they buy it too, and sometimes you actually see it. You know, it was you know.
1: I also like the um, the I don't know the ghost. I guess the spirits, of the the previous serial killers.
0: Oh, that become oh, killers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I
1: thought they were creepy, and I really wish they would do a Fear Street where they go back. To the one from the was it she from the 60s. The female serial killer right, that was right. singing one because you never really see anything about female serial killers that much, and I think that would have been interesting to go to her time to see that it, it would have been like prom night or something
0: there there is a dearth of uh like female horror slashers also I mean just distant I mean, outside of real life serial killers and stuff yeah. i mean there's I mean I know of one off the top of my head, the rest uh, you know who. Well, it's a and bit of a spoiler, but uh, Sleepaway oh. Camp. Oh, and they, yeah. Which uh, technically she's not, but anyway. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind.
1: Yeah, that would have been interesting I think to go to go back maybe, to that time. I think that would have been cool. But
2: maybe, maybe they'll do that in the next one. It's, they kind of left it open for a sequel and I it seems like I read something online today or yesterday that they might do another Fear Street movie or something. So and I, the, watching the movies, I was like, "Why didn't they just make this a TV series?" Because thats what seems I said. Like they could have yeah. broken it up, you know.
1: Well, I, I, I oh, I'm sorry.
2: I, I was thinking like, well, maybe they just decided like, well, if we just do it as a trilogy of movies, then we can say like, hey, we told the whole story. We're not doing another season. But then they kind of left it open to keep it going at the end of the last one. So I was like, well, that theory doesn't really hold up. But I don't know.
1: I mean, I thought they could have done a TV series and almost have... It's kind of an anthology all focused around Fear Street and the kids Shady Shadyside. But each episode could just be based off of a book. I mean, you have tons of material to go. Hmm. And I, yeah. I thought that would be very interesting.
0: What's what... Um You know our friend Mark that has a podcast, the uh, Midnight Social Distortion. He did a real deep dive on the Fear Street because he's a huge Fear Street guy. But yeah, he talked about it alone by himself for an hour and a half. Just Mm -hmm. and I think he had a lot more to say about it, but he kind of cut himself off at a certain point. (laughs) Oh yeah, he was talking about how like Fear Street in a lot of ways was already like a shared universe, like it was already its own like MCU type of thing. Where when you read those books. There was often characters that crossed over and reoccurring yeah. and, you know, a character might just pass through that you, you remember from four books earlier. And he was like, they squandered that by not making a TV show. You could have really had a lot of connective tissue that's really popular now. Like a lot of people like that sort of thing. And they kind of dropped the ball at that. He was a little, uh, which I highly recommend that if you're a Fear Street fan, is to listen to Midnight Social Distortion in his episode. Because Mark was kind of let down. I think he really – he was into it at first, and then, like, the more it kind of went on – excuse me – the more it went on, the more he was kind of like – I wish they had done it a little bit more like the books instead Mm -hmm. of just going off on their own. um. It doesn't
1: give you probably the best – if you read the books – if you didn't read the books, it probably doesn't give you the best idea of what it was like to be a fan of the books. Because that overarching story of Fear Street, I think, is pretty small. What I liked about Fear Street is that you get to hang out with a group of kids and some that were reoccurring characters, and then something would happen. There was, you know, it might involve going on a ski trip or, like, people pranking phone calls or um, a dead prom queen or something. I don't know. So it would almost be kind of like a monster of the week type thing, but Mm -hmm. all set in the same place. Kind of like Buffy, I guess. Yeah. But there's no one hero, so it's just, I don't know. I th- I I think a TV show would be awesome, and I, I I would rather them do that than a trilogy type movie. Just kind of, you know, talk about the kids' shady side.
0: I, I bet there's gonna be a lot of people that like these movies, especially young people, and they'll look up the books and be like, "These books are nothing like."
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? They're gonna
0: be like really let down because they're gonna be, you know a little more subdued and virtually no supernatural stuff. And I mean,
1: they're pretty cheesy, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they're written in the early 90s. But, you know.
0: Who do you think I the audience know. was targeted for, this, for these movies? I had a hard time pinning it down watching the three of them because it's so violent and there's a lot of sexuality, a lot of cursing. But like the tone, I feel like, is for younger, much younger people. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's kind of all over the place.
1: Yeah, I would say, obviously, teenagers,
0: Mm.
1: young adults, and then just the idea of seeing Fear Street on a screen would be for the older people that read it.
0: Kind of got grandfathered in.
1: Because, yeah. Pun intended. Because you had, like, Goosebumps, which I guess was fine. I never watched Goosebumps. I was too old for it. Mm. But I, I was always like, they have Goosebumps? Why don't they do something with Fear Street? That was my thing, and they finally did. So but they should do like what they did with Goosebumps. It, Goosebumps wasn't a trilogy. It was a TV show. Right. So they hopefully will do the same thing with Fear Street.
0: I mean, there's room to just straight up reboot it, uh, you know, and to say this is the new Fear Street or whatever. I mean, they don't really have to like uh what do you call it? have any allegiance to these movies. They, they could just I mean, they could but they don't yeah,
1: have like... to they don't have to do that though. I mean, the mo- the movies Still stand because that's the history of the town, but you still mm. got all these other kids at Shadyside right. High. Yeah,
0: they don't so, have to like mention it, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. yeah,
1: you could, they could, they could, you could see them. The main girl, you can see her in the hallway, right, or something, something like that, you know. um Jeff, when you said you read somewhere about them doing something else, because mm-hmm. obviously at the end of the third one, it shows a hand. Uh, spoiler, I guess it shows a hand grabbing. Um, what was book? it the book? Like
0: the spell book, I guess. A
1: spell book, yeah. So I guess that means obviously they're going to go back into the whole thing with witchcraft, perhaps. Which is interesting. There's just so much more <laughs> you can do with Fear Street than just mm. have it all be about witches. And I mean, again, the Fear Street books are just people that just flipped out and decided, I'm angry. I'm going to kill people. <laughs> it's just not that complicated. Mm. <laughs> but. When you read that article, Jeff, did they give any sort of idea where they might be going with it?
2: Uh, I'll be honest. I really just read the headline. (laughs) Oh, that's fair. I I do that all the time. I'm just like the headline says. They're going to make more. Okay, cool. That's all I know.
1: (laughs) And honestly, they probably just put that in there because it still closes the show,
2: Mm.
1: but it leaves something open. Right. So they probably Mm. didn't have any ideas whatsoever.
2: (laughs) It's like the end of Back to the Future. Cause oh yeah uh, because originally that ending was them like th- them like getting in the car and flying off and then the credits rolled and they were like that was just supposed to be like a joke ending and then the movie was so popular they were like well we got to make a sequel now and so they put to be continued on it at the when it came out on vhs <laughs> i didn't realize that huh. yeah and then the the filmmakers were just like well we painted ourselves in the corner here we, we, we should have <laughs> never put the girlfriend in the car because now we got to figure out how to get her out of the story so that's why she's like asleep throughout the second and third movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> and recast It's a totally different yeah. yeah that's
2: right elizabeth shoe we should do a back to the future episode
0: there you go <laughs> <No>. nice <laughs> oh uh recommending these of course uh, you, you think uh your average Joe and Jane horror lover would enjoy these three movies?
1: I do. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Jeff?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess... I Did you say that like people online were kind of trashing it?
0: It's kind of all over the place. I mean, I've seen a lot of love for it and a lot of just, like, nitpicking. You know what I mean? Like, people concerned yeah. about, like, the the historical details and that sort of oh, thing, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, I think, I think by and large, it's been pretty well received. Um,
2: okay. I, yeah, I, I, really liked it. I had a, I had a lot of fun watching them. Yeah. I would watch them again.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah it's a cool trilogy that kind of, it was kind of like scream, um, Friday the 13th and like the witch, I guess I can't think of another horror movie that old, but, um, yeah, but, but all in a trilogy, and it's all telling the same story. So I think it's they, they were able to do something different with each one. It didn't feel like I'm watching the same movie three different times. It felt like I was watching a different movie three different times that was telling a complete story.
0: Yeah, congratulations to Lee Janiak, writer-director <laughs> of the Fear Street Trilogy. I'm not going to recommend it, though. Anyway.
1: Oh, <laughs> <ew>, liar.
0: <laughs> thank you for joining us for Half-Assed Horrorcast Nights. Next time, we'll be talking about Piranha, the 1978 Joe Dante film. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you, Jeff and Kia, for joining me.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. Goodbye. To everyone. And good night.